everyone, it's your boy Stephen McCoy and you are watching and listening to Sessions with Stephen and today we have model, reality, television, personality and he's also a runway coach, Miss J. How are you? I'm, I'm okay, you know we're dealing, I mean it's, it's kind of crazy right now with um not being able to travel, not being able to be back home in France at the moment for me. So it's a bit um, strange being here in the U.S. this long for me. It's yeah. Because, yeah, you're, you're normally always in Paris, right? Yes, that's usually And right. you look amazing, as always, no matter what you're wearing. It's just like you can always turn a cloth into a masterpiece. But no, this comes from, Steve, this comes from being, I guess, number seven of ten kids, you know, having to create, you know, create things, you know, do what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. You can't afford to buy what everyone else has, so you create it. And it's something that stuck with me for the longest time, actually. Wow, that's amazing. And people would assume that you probably never had to work with you guys. Um, you had to you know, that you can just always pull clothes off the rack. Well, six foot four is not that easy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Being six foot four. And also, too, I have such an extensive mark taken to wardrobe, so I pulled that when I need it. I mean, because I've known them most of my life, you know. And, um, you know, everybody doesn't get everything for free. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and now, honest. you know, I, I saw your your outfit for that you wore during the blue jacket fashion show and it looked amazing. Oh, you yeah. have to tell me who the designer was. If you saw the blue moment, the so the leather and the, the layers and uh It was a blue like a blue situation going on that you blue posted. Situation. <laughs> blue situation. Oh, 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 oh. That situation was the chiffon. Was I done? Was I painted? Was in drag? With that moment when I was done, snatched. Oh no, that's a different situation. Oh, well, okay. Okay, so we have yet I to see. Show, I couldn't show the situation. What's going to be tomorrow's situation? Situation. Can't wait. See. It's a it's a, it's a simple it's a simple situation that that what you saw. I made that. I, I made yeah. that. You know, I, I made. I believe it is fourteen of those. Oh, wow. Because I was, when I was working on um, China's uh, I Supermodel, I, that was my look. I went 1930s cross dresser, so with the men's underwear underneath it, the men's lace-up multi-cup shoes, the garters, and I thought, what am I going to do? So I thought, you know something, I'll just make these in 14 different colors, and I think we shot maybe 12 or 13 episodes. So mm. I was going to host part of what is for tomorrow. Okay. So then I was told, oh, no, no, it's going to be Oh, shit. So what I did was, when I posted today, I just sort of took that, I threw it on the floor in the pile and wrote something borrowed, you know, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Yeah, exactly. Because it's I had because all my wardrobe is not here. I mean, I've been sitting back here, floating around, kind of mixing and matching things. And where are we going? Where, where are we going other than from the waist up? Steve, yeah. where are we going? We're going right. That's true. So, Tomorrow um, is going to be different. You get dressed up and do what they've done. If you want to get dressed up at home, I shot my thing on the street, Washington Square Park. Um, 
as I do my jaywalking videos. Child, just shoot this. Just shoot. Jaywalking. Yeah, that's jaywalking. Yeah, and I kind of gave a, an old school. Let me kind of go back to that moment. You know, mm -hmm. that reveal. You got to take a jacket off. You can do the things that the kids don't do now. And if they do, if they do do it now, it's a little bit different. And um, I mean, it's for a great organization. I mean, it's uh, it's a good jacket. You know, represent prostate cancer, and it helps yeah. raise money. You know, yeah. for that. Because um, we think about the things that we've done, um, we just kind of go through life and nothing matters until something happens. That someone brings to your attention. And I think when uh, um, it's Frederick Anderson and Laura Miller, when they created this, I think it was right now five years ago, it was to bring awareness to the situation that, you know, that most people just go through life. I mean, I went through life having never, ever, 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 ever being sick. Never. Wow. Until gallstones. Wow. And, and then and I just opened up everything. Right. And, and my, niece is the my niece is a medical examiner here. So she guides me through everything that needs to be, that needs to be guided through. And I think, you know, it's, um, it is about getting tested and, and the fear of getting the bad news when you get tested. So what do you do? You don't go. So I think it's to get tested, early detection, to kill a bitch. Yeah. Kill it, just bang it out, just, just get it out, and just kind of let's get through a healthy life. I mean, we're going through this whole pandemic, this whole COVID situation. Mentally, people are losing it. Yeah. People are losing it. Yeah. And we're trying, to, we're trying to stay, you know, we're afloat. You're trying to be creative. You're trying to be, you know, productive in your head. And it's not easy for you sitting at home behind a computer with a wall behind you where you're used to being out and about. Bingo. You're used to being out with a microphone in people's faces, having moments, putting something cute. Steve doesn't want to be home with a damn baseball cap and a t-shirt. He wants to put on a look and go out. So how does one get creative um, at home? You know, mentally, emotionally, physically, it does a lot of damage for a lot of people. You know, because we going people people spending money though. People are still shopping, buying clothes online. Yeah. I'm thinking where you wearing them to unless you're wearing them at home for your own self, you know, you know. And, uh, but we're in a we woke up this morning, so we're good. Absolutely. What what would you say um has changed for you like during this whole pandemic? Because you live your life as a social butterfly in in the fashion industry you literally have to meet with designers and and meet with i mean and you also coach models and runway shows yeah well i think the thing that's changed for me is just how much patience i really have <laughs> how much patience i have um with the madness because people people are getting a little bit a little bit you know like okay yeah. Don't, 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 don't. So my creativity in my head is there, but hasn't gone into my hands. Mm -hmm. Because if I create something, I want to put it on. I want to be able to wear it. Yeah. So there's no place. And by the time I create it and let it sit there, eh, I kind of want to wear it when it's time to wear it again because it's something that comes in my head that I want to wear that now. So I'm thinking when the weather gets warmer, 
do I go out there and create stuff and just wait up the street, just wait around the block, to <laughs> walk around the block and, to right. say I, I want it out someplace. But I mean it, you, you watch things on TV, you look at things on the internet, that keeps me busy, I talk to my friends. Um, and what has changed is the spirit of having to, this part of my brain, what flight? Uh, can they give me that flight? Uh, I need to be flown in this day. The interview was this time. Can I be flown the night before? Okay, but they need you for this event. You're doing this and doing that. Okay, so, but carry back up, you know, you may get to have to stay a little bit longer or you get invited to other things. That happens all the time when I go to LA mm. and the award season, but it's all the things leading up to award season. Right, so my right. brain here is planning that, okay, land this day, get your hair braided, get the car, get the out, Look, this, that, straight, look, plane, tap, look. And then you kind of go, that's not happening here in my head anymore. Yeah. So you have all this extra free space that's just kind of floating. And with that free space, it can be quite dangerous, Steve. It can be quite dangerous to be alone in your own thoughts. Understood, understood. You know? So it's about just trying to keep yourself sane and being creative and and emotionally and uh, mentally in a good place during almost nine months of not being with socialist people, not having been on the airplane since March 3rd. When I arrived from working in Canada, I came here and I've been here since. And this is really rare for me because I've been on a plane, I know exactly where I am, what months, where we are, productions have shut down other things we're working on, other TV shows have come to halt that you know I was up for, so everything just kind of just goes, it just stops. Right. So you're trying to keep yourself in a creative, happy space, then immensely, emotionally broke down, non-creative, non-creative place. Yeah. At least that's for me. Yeah. And what would you say that you've done during this pandemic to prevent yourself from putting weight on? Because I mean, you know, in your industry, really it's funny. Someone asked me that question, and I have been the same way since start because I first of all I cook at home. Okay, that's a bit. That's like a hundred pounds off, right? Right there. <laughs> I, I cook at home, and I'm a damn good cook, which most people don't know that. But yes, maybe I can birth babies. I can make babies if I want. Baby, I can sew. I can cook. Bitch, I can clean. I can whip your ass if need be. Let's come come together. Come together. So for me, but I had to cut back because I've just discovered during quarantine that white sugar, white flour, yeast, these gluten have given me baby, my skin, the run for its money. So that's something that I just discovered during lockdown. So, but I and I love sugar. I love my sweets. I love my cakes. I love my pies. I, Lemon pound cake, you know, peach cobbler. I love my desserts. I love, love, love. And, um, but I can't have those as much as I would like them. I cut back. You are but not, I'm not, I don't, no. I think since this whole thing, yeah, I, I cook at home. I cook, I might share with my neighbors down the hall. And I hear child say, I made a lot of it, you know. Um, but I think eating at home, I mean, it's helped me not gain any weight. It made me a little bit nervous in the beginning, but it made me a little bit, I was like, oh, bitch, you child, you got a sample size. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sample, look, 
And my niece was like, she's uncle. This is something that you're, you're not, and I don't eat out that often to begin with, okay. but when I'm traveling, yeah. when I'm traveling, you're not at home, eating at home. You're eating in restaurants. Right. Or well, a little fancy you're eating, you, parties that you attend in Paris. So, <laughs> with the little thing. Well, actually, you know, something, you know, the funny thing about it is that has shifted for a while now because I've been spending so much time flying and people don't really, I don't have that same social thing there anymore that I have here. Mm. I go to more galas here. I go to more events here. Oscars, Golden Globes, Emmys, the dinners and parties before, the things after, the HMI, the Ali Fournay Center Gala, you know, these things have gone to here. Um, and when that happens, you're eating, you're traveling, you're not at home, so you're eating what you get your hands on. When you're on set, you're eating craft services, you're eating stuff that you normally don't buy at home, and you're just eating it. Yeah. You realize you go pull out that one look out the closet, and that one look goes, <clears throat> that one look says, not today, bitch, put me back. Not today. <laughs> and I want to know, like, it's, it's, it's amazing. Your success has been amazing and gradual. Like, literally every year we're seeing you. I mean, you are at legendary status, you know? And um, I know you've heard it a thousand times, but it is a fact is a fact, you know? And I just wonder, with the world that you're in, the, the modeling industry, and all of the brutality and, and racism and, and things that that are going on that we see that goes on. Have you ever experienced, it may be a little silly, to, for, I feel like, of me to ask, but it's just that you, I mean, you've had such international success. And not to say that those who have international success, like, can't, um, experience those things, but I just wonder, have you gone through some of those and how, how do you manage it? If you can. First of all, no, nothing is, no questions too silly to ask, first of all. Yeah. That's, that's just one. Like I would tell someone, I've learned four things I'm gonna share with you before we end up off this phone, but I learned from four folks. I went to school to be an accountant. I'm born in New York City, South Bronx number seven of 10 kids. I'm from the hood. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize during an interview last week, you think about it now, I've never, when we were going through the whole Black Lives Matter thing, it was stuff that I was learning because there's more things, you know, being exposed as you watch. I watched it from my window here, like every day going through. I went down for a few times, you know, paranoid, but I thought, let me kind of go down there to nothing to check more, yes. You know, we get this, but um, I never went through the whole, the, the first time I felt direct racism with me, just in general was in Ireland when I went to a gay bar and the man looked at me when I came to the door, I said, no, we're closed and just, I mean, shut the door. And I gave a, what is now popular GIF now, I gave back them was just like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I've used that. Yeah, look, look, that was a Oh, bitch, that was a gag. Yeah, a gag. Yes, it was. And I went to a store in Paris to shop, and a man was very angry when I came in right away. Well, let me try nothing on. But he said, you just have to just buy it and pay for it and then go try it at home. 
And I was so angry at him that I bought a lot of stuff and then I just shoved it on the floor after he bring it up and I cursed him out as the black girls and projects do. And I was like, earrings were coming off, the Vaseline's about to go in the face because you're about to fight. Jay, don't play. My gay situation was when I was 14, 15, and I went to apply for a job uh, as a summer camp counselor with my friend Jennifer Brown. And 10 days later, she got the call back, and I didn't get the call back. So when she went down and filled out applications to her ID, she asked, what about my friend? And then he said, which friend? She explained, she said, oh, yeah. And the guy said, I was afraid that, you know, my boss was afraid that if we hired him, that they thought that he was gay and that maybe some of the kids, the parents wouldn't, you know, be upset about it. And then for me, it was kind of like, it wasn't about me being black. It wasn't about my gender. It was like, oh, well, well you don't like me. So well, bitch, I wouldn't got a goddamn job. It didn't stop me. Well, okay, oh, well, fine. If I think about it now, ooh, child, that was, you know, not, not good. And right now, today, there would be 3,000 people outside those offices protesting because of the situation. Mm. But I haven't looked at anything that was because I was one or the other that I couldn't get. I just did what I did. Yeah. I, went, I, just, I just went and I did what I did. Yeah. You know, my first time at Gay Pride was 2016. Not because I judge myself all this out there partying and all that, getting dressed up. I do that all the time. I didn't realize the importance of most of what it was all about until later in life. And then when I had the opportunity to join um, you know, a parade is when it really hit me. It's more than just dressing up in drag, putting out for being naked, having a hot body, gyrating. It's, it's, it's really a lot more. It's about what we have been fighting for for years, what you know, Marshall B. Johnson's went out there and kind of created the importance of it. And that's when I see young teenage kids looking at me screaming and crying, Miss J, Miss J. It was then I realized the importance that I had on the young gay community by just being present. And being present, Steve, answering your question in the long stories, just being me, doing me. That's all. But all I, do, I just, when I did me, I didn't care what you thought about me. I put a dress on at three o'clock in the afternoon. I put a dress on, whatever it was, I just did it and I couldn't be bothered. And never got beaten up, chased down, you know, for it. I never did, never got to you know that stuff that people I go through. I don't like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> and I would get a number six train and come down maybe and wear half my outfit on. I the number 13 bus, the number six train. I lived in two fair zone, bitch. So it's getting <laughs> number 13 bus. And then the number six train from Castle Avenue down. Or because I moved from the South Bronx on Freeman Street on Clinton Avenue, 169th Street, a ton of park is where I grew up. And then I moved to um, 580 Castle Hill Avenue in the Bronx with my grandmother. And then it was a two-fair zone. And, you know, I did that, come to the city, back uptown, and just, just doing me. And I think someone just asked me to do something this weekend. And it's about my struggles. I never had those struggles that people talk about. I was just, I just, for me, it was normal in my head to me to do what I did. I know it sounds like I'm rambling in some sense, but for me, it was. And I think in the fashion business, I remember getting a casting sheet saying, NB for no blacks on it. Mm-hmm. But I would go anyway, just to break face, but I just show up. Right, yeah. Maybe, maybe they made my personality. It didn't mean that they didn't want any blacks 
they try to explain to me, the agents, that they had their five blacks. Mm -hmm. They had their black court show. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see any more blacks for the show. But I kept thinking, well, maybe I can go there, maybe change their mind. I could be another new face and be at it. So it was just all an experience for me that if I pulled it apart now, it was racist, it was bigotry, it was hateful. But then I was to think that way. Because I think if I thought that way then, maybe I wouldn't do the things that I'm doing now. Right. Does this make sense? Absolutely. Because I'm thinking if, if I'm saying, well, they said no black people, so maybe I shouldn't go to because they may not yeah. like me because I'm black, so I'm not going to go. But instead, I went anyway. Right. I, 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 I definitely understand that 100%. Because sometimes I think, I swear to God, sometimes in my head, I think, Am I making sense when I'm when I'm rambling? No, about like a 25 year old now will look at me like, well, how come you got the that was what the what it is? I'm thinking about that wasn't that for me. It was my ticket to say, child, this is me. I'm authentic in every sense of the word from the very beginning. It didn't happen. My whole top model experience was me being bored sitting there, so I created those looks myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting kind of going, well, okay, fine. Did Tyra think the show was going to be a big, huge deal? She did. I didn't. I, I didn't think the show was going to be as huge as it was and got around the world globally the way it did. Huge. Yeah. I, I've done the Finnish, the Danish, the Swedish, the Norwegian, Canada, Britain, Vietnam, Korea, Russia, Finland. Did I say Finland? And um, one more. I've done so many of them, you know. Yeah. And just bringing me in what you see on TV, maybe less makeup, less looks. This way, yeah. There's no, there's no separation. No, I remember the first time that I saw you on TV, right? It, and this is just the honest truth. It was something that scared me about this brave person just doing, like, how could you get to do this? And, you know, because I, I, I don't know. I, I, I know how you felt. I know you felt. So, yeah. You felt as though you were my father. And you didn't want me to get hurt. You didn't want me to go out there. How does person actually be on TV and do this and, and, and not get beat up and not get attacked? And how could, whoa. Right. I kind of, I, it was just, it was amazing in a sense to watch that this is somebody that can be, bully themselves and be celebrated for it, which at that time, I don't recall ever really seeing that. I mean, I've seen uh, RuPaul been on uh, on television, but, and that was when I was like about six years old and here I am 16 and now watching you, it was just really, it was something, it did something. It moved me in a different way. And I was just like, this is interesting, and we definitely tuned in. <laughs> and I think that opened the doors for, because everyone loves Top Model, and it opened the doors for families to be able to, you know, like, huh. Like, so if they, if they see their nephew, if they see their son, if they see their cousin or uncle, um, you know, have possessed that same bravery and that, um, that drive, I feel that people may just be like, well, that's just who he is. And that's what I feel like you definitely contributed. 
And I'm telling you, I never, and I never looked at it that way. It was just me just doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Tyra didn't make me do anything. I went on TV when she, when she first came with the show, she asked me, I was the first person that she contacted. Mm. And I was, I was in the Bill Blast offices here working with Lawson Nielsen Designer and we were just finishing. And her mother called me and said, Jay, this baby, this is Mama Caroline. Tyra has a show idea, you're the first person she's calling. Stephen went in here and came out here. It never stayed in my head. They go, oh, yeah, never, you know, okay. Mm. And it was what it was. And then when I came on as a judge, I thought, what am I going to do? I said, oh, this is going to be so boring. Because they were girls that I did. <laughs> There's girls that I saw that I thought should have been. Because I was never part of the casting process. That was never part of it. I just went on to the show. Those are girls that were chosen. And this is what you do. Then when we got into being a part of the casting episodes, I would see girls that I was dying to be on the show who I thought were tall, who were fierce or fabulous, but never made it. And that's why, because once that process was over, they chose who they wanted to choose. And I went back and saw who we saw and worked with who we worked with. And I was sitting kind of going, what am I going to do? I'm just, just going to be, I wonder what I'm going to do. I'm going to be do a big, huge corsage. And each week, when the girl gets kicked, I'm going to take a flower off into the, you know, to one left. So everything I came up with was my own head. I made with my own hands. That's amazing. And I would never tell Tyra until we got on set. So what are you doing? I said, I'm going to do my bow tie. You'll see. She said, Jay, we need to introduce it to the show so people can tune in as it was happening. I did the bow tie. I started that big. And the next thing was that big. The afro, the growing afro. The sleeves. I would just do things. I remember that. Make them create them, and then I'm did a show. But I never did it thinking I was doing anything groundbreaking. I was just being myself. Yeah. Just being my crazy ass. Right. That was it. Until people such yourself now tell me, you realize how powerful that was for me to visually look at this young black guy, kind of going, "Well, shit, I could be that way too. I don't need to be." And again, I didn't think about that. I just. Right. I can totally understand that how it just is not in your mind at all. If you're a person that's just a loving person, you have a passion for something and you just go out and do it. It only comes to your mind when it happens to you, you know. Um, What project are you working on right now just to let people know and... I'm working on two things that keep saying, don't mention anything yet, so... (laughs) It's, 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 a, it's another TV situation. I yeah. swear to God, look, I just saw a plane. Uh-oh. I swear to God, it looked like it was just about to crash. Oh, it, no. It, it, hopefully, it was, it was probably a helicopter. I looked up, and I just saw, like, oh, my God, it was so low. And I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, if I see smoke, bitch, you're going to say, it was Jay saw it happening. That, that would it, be crazy. Oh, oh, helicopter. I was like, that's a little bit too low <laughs> for me. And I just went down. Anyway. Good, uh, good, good, though. Yeah. So it's just because whenever you start to talk about these projects, and right now things. Because I know you're filming something right now. That I know that you you've been filming and. Things. Work, well, this also just all part of my documentary that can give you that too, and it's a documentary I work with the Swedish director, and it's um it's just about my life. It's from South Bronx to Paris. Wonderful. Sometimes because we can't travel now into Europe, so he's now there, and it's making me crazy because. We, we just started shooting it a year ago. Mm-hmm. 
and we're shooting in, you know, um, we're shooting in uh, Atlanta, Savannah, New York, we go back to the South Bronx, you know, Paris, Tokyo, Sweden. And um, so it's just shooting and getting the girls that I worked together with back in the early 90s and how that whole thing came about, you know, working with models and um, with my big mouth, showing them how to walk and then the girls become famous, they become well known. Um, and for me, again, it was just me paying rent. Yeah. And nothing, nothing for me, nothing is ever done to be groundbreaking. It's all done out of me. Never. I wouldn't I'm going to be groundbreaking. Child, no, no. Um, the rent is due. Mm-hmm. That's what it is for me. It wasn't about trying to go buy the big house up in the countryside, not going to buy, you know, designer labels. It was never that for me. It was just like rent has to be paid. You have a little bit of a talent here somewhere. Yeah. Talent. And I think that's why I'm moving forward. I never wanted, to, I never said I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you before we get out of here, um, what is the bit, the biggest misconception of you, of, of Miss J? Like, what is the bit, the biggest misconception of Miss J? That I'm not nice and I got all this attitude and, and I'm all brand new. No, bitch, I ain't brand new. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> and you look freaking amazing. I, I didn't. A 99.8. That's all I'm going to say. It is because I have never done drugs or alcohol. Never. Okay. That, yeah. Never, never. I always hear people who look good when they're older and they just full of energy. That's the thing that they say. I've never drank and, and uh, did any drugs or anything like that. Don't drink coffee, wine. And I live in a country where wine is dead, cigarette smoke. Never in my entire life. Never, 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 never. Wow. Not even coffee. Never. That's amazing. So I'm glad we know and that. And I don't want to fuck with folks. I don't, and I'm trying to tell you, I, I'm a person, I will, I will hold on to something for a long time. And let it work its way out. Let it just work its way out. Yeah. But I don't like to be careful, folks. I like to, you know, come at me, I come back. Be nice to me, nice back to you. I just had this conversation earlier about people who are very unkind to me. Jerome Lamar and I were having this really long, great conversation today. And mm-hmm. about people who are kind to you for their own ego and power. And for me, it's like, I don't want your job. Right. I don't want your job. Right. Because you don't know that I know that you had me fired from that job. And every time I see you, I'm always very nice to you, which makes me crazy. You have no idea that I know they said you're the one that I didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I talk about the thing, the, you know, the black on black crime, the gay and gay crime, these things all, these things happen. You know, um, everything goes to the gender, everything goes to the color, everything is not gender, everything is not color for most things. Yes, it does exist. But if I think that way, I would never go forward. I would never move Absolutely. forward. If I keep thinking it's because I am black, because I'm gay, because I cross just because yeah. I'm under the umbrella of trans. I'm under that umbrella, just the name is J. And what fascinates people is that, well, it fascinates me. I'm always surprised at the people who come into my life that, that you least expect to be a fan or to like me that can talk to me in the street. It still surprises me. And mm. some guy said to me, when I watch TV, I see you just being who you are. And it's not an act, it's just who you are. 
he said, I'm a straight man. He said, I just get the kick out. I get a big old kick out of you because you, your ass is crazy. But yeah. I just see you as just being who you are. And on the street, the oh, biggest conception is that I'm shorter than I am. Yeah. Yeah. My feet. Nope, no high heels, baby. Six foot four without heels. It's just that whole moment. But the things I've learned from four people, Imelda Marcos, most people don't know who she is. She said to me one day, you take the air out of the room. Yes, you take the air out of the room. She said, you have so much personality and so much character. But remember, people like you, it's hard to be hated, but harder to be envied. Hmm. See, the same look I had. Same look you gave, I did the same, and I was at dinner with her when she said it. I was at dinner with her across the table. She said, I watch you on that show. When people hate you, they, they can get past the hate. I need to know you. But when people envy you, they'll do everything to take you and tear you down. Mm. Who she and I met up 32 years later, said to me one day at work, you appear to be smarter by asking questions than not asking them. I made a mistake. I wanted to impress her. And the Mistake cost me four and a half hours going through the garbage to find all the torn up receipts of things that from the order book that we put together and put back and just write void on it. Very simple, mm -hmm. just write void. But I went to impress her. Wow. And Jacqueline said to me at the in Paris at the fitting, I said, I should have known that. But she said, No, no, no. You're not here to know, you're here to learn. Yeah. That's amazing. My mother, the late. Sadie Elizabeth Grant Cohen Carter said to me, if you make $100, save 50, spend 25 carefully, spend 25 foolishly. Mm -hmm. And now that's why Miss J is, you know, Steve, good. If you, <laughs> baby, if you want to be able to have two or three apartments, oh, you can do it. Yeah. You get it right. And I want the same respect back from you as I give to you. And sometimes everyone's not going to like you. And I accept that too. Everyone's not going to like you. And right now, before we hang up, right now with this, all this whole thing about um, influencers and so forth and so on, we are in, it's a popularity contest. Yeah. We're in a popularity contest. It, it, it has. It had become a popularity contest. And I always wonder how you guys look at this whole, because you have uh, Instagram models now. You have all of these, you know, it, it's a whole new thing. You don't even have to be signed to an agency. I mean, maybe, but, um, you know. But agencies have those Instagram models. It's oh, right. Yeah. Them. There's money to be made. Influencers, they're making money. I yeah. just want, when you come to me with a microphone, at least have a little bit of the knowledge of the questions that you're asking me. Right. Because I'm sitting back here kind of going, and I'm going along with it. You know, you must be, I'm not angry at them. Make your money. Make, baby, get yours, do yours. That's it. But the world has shifted. The fashion industry has shifted. Yeah. It's been, you know, we have the trans that are in the shows. We have the plus size girls, or, mm -hmm. or I don't think we use plus size, or you know, even whatever you want to use it, you know. But they're girls that are not just stand-up models that are in shows. 
Because in the end, it's true. I've always said that. Those are the people that the regular folks look at. Yeah. A woman looking, a woman looking at a 30-year-old, a little 50-year-old woman looking at a 25-year-old model, she's fantasizing about being liking her, looking, looking like her, wanting to be her. Yeah. And the woman who has, you know, you know, the woman who has a little bit extra curves, who's spending money on buying her clothes, she wants to see someone that represents her. Yeah. Black people, black people on the runways. So you want to see the black girl that doesn't necessarily have long hair. It doesn't have a weave. You know, people want to see that the, the, the diversity is there up for the grabbing and taking. And I'm very happy that it's uh, uh, the one that opened the doors for, for that. I mean, y'all really pushed for, you know, yeah. necessarily um, social media type thing, although you guys did have that later on on the show. Um, but I would say to all of those Instagram models and things like that, just make sure that the homage is definitely being paid and know that you didn't necessarily create this world, you know? Growth comes from. Just respect where the growth comes from. Respect that it's hard work. It's that easy, you know? But um, just because you have, you know, a million followers and a viral following of three million doesn't make what you say right. Absolutely, 100 Follow that thing. Well, she well, she said it, that makes it okay. Not necessarily because sometimes some things are just designed and programmed for you. Mm. you know I mean? That's just take what you need out of the conversation and everything that you put aside. Well, I need that, you know. Everybody's not your enemy. Everyone doesn't hate you. Everyone doesn't hate you because you're black. You know, some people, yes, you feel it, you see it. But I think if you start thinking that everyone doesn't like you because of who you are, you will never move. You will, that's my that's my thing. Yeah. Racism is happening every day. Yeah. All over the place. But if I keep thinking that I can't go there, because I'm black, I would never go there. So, so when I so when I say, so when I say everyone doesn't hate you because you're black. I want you to say this to yourself as you go out there and apply for the job that you are qualified for. Yeah, yeah, do. absolutely. Mm -hmm. take, take all that out, take that out of your head mm -hmm. to make the attempt. Because you never know unless you walk into it. You never know, you never know. You, look, racism is there every day you walk past, you'd be surprised who you didn't think liked you or because you were, you know, sexually unconforming, um, I've been that person. I'm looking at kids right now who want to transition at an early age. I'm going through that with a friend's son who now is a transition and has always said to the father from four years old, I'm a girl. And it's now nine. It's now nine years old. So, and, you know, the father's having a moment with it, you know, but he's, the father's sitting there, you know, kind of going right through with it, being very supportive, you know, and that is not easy. So when you don't know how to address it because you go out as a parent of the fear of my son getting hurt from what I'm reading about in the newspapers, what I'm seeing on television, my son being beaten up in school because he really believes inside that he is a girl. I don't have all those answers, you know, but the one thing I always say is support your kids. Your kids will guide you. Yeah. yeah. Support, listen to them. Yeah, listen, listen to them. Listen, listen to your kids, because the kids, they will tell you, they will guide you on what their likes and dislikes and what they want. 
But you think, oh, that he's so young, he doesn't know, it's just a phase, it's not a phase when he's been telling you since he was four years old. And now you're allowing him to dress as a girl going to school before it was only in the weekends. But now you're allowing him to go to school, now allowing her to go to school mm-hmm. as a girl. So we get it, you know, but support it, just support it. Just support your kids. Everybody doesn't want to be a fireman or policeman or a doctor, lawyer. They don't want, everybody doesn't want to do that. And one more thing, we can hang up. All black boys don't want to be a makeup artist, hairdressers, and fashion designers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, boys, all gay boys don't want to be a hairdresser, a makeup artist, or fashion designer, or a stylist, or a florist, or a decorator. Stop giving us those options for us to have success. Absolutely. 100%. You know, Stop. everybody is different. They're different personalities. They're different wants. And um, also stop believing that, you know, we too do not want families and, and, and marriages and things like that. There are, we, every, everyone is different, you know? So definitely we want to encourage more love, more, more uh, acceptance. Understanding, acceptance, understanding. Understanding, Compassion, yeah. and just love from every end, just accept me that I don't want to do what you have done, dad, when you came over here, or mommy came here. This is what, this is what gets me. This is my drive. This is what he, but he's got to get that, that, you know, degree. he's got to get to school with those, with that paperwork. He's got to get to school with this, you know, the only way he's going to get into a good school is if he does it through sports. Mm-hmm. Right. But he doesn't want to do sports. He doesn't want to do sports. So I always say just support your kids in the creative process. And you see them going to that 40% of the time. You go, oh, okay, maybe switch up and we see them going 55, 60, keep going back to that. That's where the drive and success and the happy is. Help your child find their happy. Yeah. And support their happy. But these are the things I'm struggling right now with production and television. I don't want to do that. But you guys keep eating it back. You no, know, that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Instead. Yeah. And we watch when they pitch the ideas. And we say, what about this? I don't want to do it. You already, how many makeup shows do you have already? Makeover shows already? We don't want, everybody don't want to do that. You know? Right. Because nobody knows what they want until they put their hands on it sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my God. I went to school being an accountant because my sister did it. I liked it, but then in the end, I just took interest and I just feel the interest. Like I said, I think just going through, going through life, just being unbothered, not everything being, I use things as stepping stones and not stumbling blocks. Yeah, yeah, 100%, absolutely. I didn't, like I said, anything's happened in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm thankful. Um, that I'm still here, I survived, you know, the madness, you're gonna, you're gonna survive this madness, it's yeah. not easy. And, um, and I don't take myself too, myself too seriously with some things sometimes, you know, I'm a, look, I'm a child, a big mess half the time, this is crazy. Yeah. Miss Jay's crazy. Yeah. Like say, and, okay. and we just wanna say thank you so much for, for your bravery. Ask me now. I'm I'm coming. I know some calling. Yeah, said this is 
it's time to go anyway. <laughs> but thank right. you so much for your bravery, for your courage, and for you being open enough to even tell these stories. Um, we definitely appreciate you. And thank it's just you. Human. It's just human. It's just, it's just human. And like I said, shit information. I mean, it's, yeah. it's nothing devastating about it. It's, you know, I, it's things that I've learned along the way. It's just things Absolutely. that you okay fine you know well you didn't want to I mean think about it now my thought process now is different now with what's happening in the world on a daily basis than it was 25 years ago even things shifted within the past 10 years past five years yeah you know, fashion is everybody wears fashion every shape size color race creed they all wear fashion right okay. and you know we, we are an inspiration, and Black folks, too, have to understand that we are like blooming roses. We come in many different shades. We do, you know. We come in many different Dark shades. Chocolate, milk chocolate, French vanilla. <laughs> so, yeah, French all of that. Mix it all up. Yeah, mix it all up and, and let it, it be love. Uh, uh, take and love. This is about, baby, let, let just love take it and just shift it and take you over to go. Yeah. And just set. Again, I'm glad that I woke up today um, and I'm able to eat and breathe and see, speak yeah. and hear. Absolutely. Thank and you I, so much, Jay. I so appreciate I you. Have for one. Bye.